Hello, and welcome to this episode of Podcast. I'm Laura Axtell, one of the hosts, and our conversation today is with an educator and veteran homeschool parent. She will share a perspective that may be very valuable for parents and educators to hear right now as decisions are made about educational options during COVID. Podcast is sponsored by Reading Horizons, a foundational reading program based on the science of reading that can be delivered in person, virtually, and in a blended learning model with instructional software. Visit www.readinghorizons.com to learn more. Our guest today is Sarah Roth. Sarah has such an interesting story, and I'm just very excited to talk to her today. So Sarah has a background in education, elementary education and special ed, and she is married to a teacher. And they, a number of years ago, moved to Thailand. Um, That's where I met her at an international school where I was working. And she has been homeschooling her children, three boys. And then they've since then moved to Chile and now back in Thailand. And so what made me really want to talk to her is she said that her inbox was blowing up with people you know, just seeking information, friends and teachers in the U.S. and just around the world because of everything that's going on with COVID and the decisions parents are having to make now and things like that. So I'm really excited to talk to you, Sarah, to find out just some of the, you know, the ideas you have about what works and also just some of the recommendations that you can make to support families and educators. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I have been homeschooling my kids. I have three boys that are ages 15, 13, and 10, and I've been homeschooling them for the past 12 years. And we have homeschooled over three continents, so that's been interesting. And homeschooling was never something that we decided that we wanted to do or thought we would do. I didn't know a lot about homeschooling. My husband's a teacher, my background's education, and I always assumed that my kids would go into a traditional school when they were ready for kindergarten. And it just so happened that the school district we were living in, in the United States at the time, when my oldest was going into kindergarten, was a school district we weren't really excited about enrolling him in. So I decided to try homeschooling for the first time, not knowing a lot about it, but I thought, I could definitely do it because that was my background. And so we we started homeschooling in the United States. And then at the end of his kindergarten year, my husband got the job in Thailand and we found out we were moving internationally. And so we decided to continue homeschooling him when we moved there because at the time it was a two-year contract. And so we thought, oh, this will be easy. We'll just continue homeschooling him. And it'll be an easy transition. We'll go back to the U.S. and enroll him in school. Well, we ended up staying there for five years and continued homeschooling the whole time and also continued or started homeschooling our other children. And then it just kind of continued from there. And we've been homeschoolers ever since. So, you know, we're going to talk about two things. So one is homeschooling, because some parents are going to make the choice to begin doing that now. But also, you know, that's different than providing support for your child who's learning at home during remote. So let's start with talking about homeschooling, though. What what are your major goals? Like, what is it that you really feel important in terms of what your kids get out of what you're doing with them? I would say my main goal, well, I, I probably have two main goals um, 
But the first goal would be to really give my kids the tools on how to be lifelong learners and to, to learn how to seek information on their own, not always expecting that a teacher or professor will give them that information. I want them to have the desire to research or watch videos or read books on a topic that they're interested in without me having to force them to learn. I want them to be excited about learning. So that would be my, my biggest goal. I feel like I want my kids to be able to really look at topics from two different sides, from different perspectives to, to ask questions and, and really be able to jump into that topic and research it as much as they can to get the information they're looking for. That would be one of my main goals. The other one I would say that wasn't probably my original goal, but I'm so grateful for now is that I really just want to enjoy the time I have with my kids. And one of the beauties of homeschooling is that the relationships that you'll build with your children during that time, you spend every single day with them. And I've loved homeschooling my kids as they've gotten older because the discussions that we can have based off of current events or you know, a book that we read, it's really opened our relationship and it's also built bonds between the siblings. And I feel like they really know each other. And so those are two things that I really love about homeschooling is that it really does build bonds between families and it also gives them the opportunity to really become learners on their own and not feel like they need to have someone telling them that information. Let's talk about that from the perspective of parents who this is really new and especially last year at the end of the school year when many parents just, you know, over the weekend basically found out they were going to be having their kids home. So rather it's remote learning during COVID or homeschooling, what about working with your own kids at home? Because many parents have not had good experiences with homework in the past um, where they were felt like they were always nagging their kids and things like that, or last spring when, you know, kids were expected to do schoolwork at home. So what are the challenges that come with educating your own children at home? I think this is a really difficult question. I think the first thing that people need to be aware of is that what was asked of parents last year to have remote learning is not homeschooling. Those look quite different from each other. And homeschooling and school at home. Uh, school at home was replicating the traditional school that they had where homeschoolers have a very different setup to their day. Depending on, you know, if you ask a group of homeschoolers, they'll tell you every single homeschooler will have a different schedule and style that works for their family. What was asked of parents this year with remote learning was, I mean, I really felt for them. I thought that was a really tough job for parents to take on. So, I would definitely say that those two, two things are quite different, but you do still have the same struggles. I've talked a lot with many of my friends are educators. My husband's an educator. I feel like everyone surrounding me are their educators or homeschoolers. And we've all talked about what are the best choices. And I think the first thing is that everyone just wants to be reassured that they're making the right decision. And I don't know that there is a right decision. Parents need to remember that you always have a choice. So if that means you have decided to enroll your kids in a brick and mortar school for the school year and you decide, you know, a few weeks in that you're not comfortable with that, 
you can always bring them home at any point and vice versa. If you have them home, you're, you're homeschooling and it's just not going the way you had planned, you can always re-enroll them in the, in the public school. So I think the first thing, if you are choosing to homeschool, you need to be very aware of your homeschooling laws in your state because they vary state to state and what the requirements are. And make sure you're getting your information from homeschooling groups because local school districts don't always have up-to-date information or um, knowledge of the laws of what's required of homeschoolers. So making sure that you're getting that information from homeschooling groups, I would recommend looking up homeschooling groups, Facebook groups that are local to your state, they will give you the best information because it, it varies from state to state. One of the first things I tell parents who are deciding to homeschool is that one of the biggest challenges you're going to have is that your child is not going to see you as the teacher. I'm sure parents hear it all the time. Well, my teacher told me this, you know, when parents are helping them with, with home homework. And so I think the biggest part of, of bringing your children home is to have a period of de-schooling them. And so de-schooling will be a time where you are not doing formal lessons. You really want them to, to learn without even knowing that they're learning. Have them choose topics that they're interested in, you know, if a child's interested in dogs, then you read some books on dogs, watch some documentaries, maybe take them to the Humane Society or, or to a groomer or to a vet. Have them ask questions, have them get excited without having that formal lesson. And also during this time, this is a great time to just bake together, do life skills, teach them how to do the laundry or how to, you know, how to take care of things on their own, doing chores and, and reading books together. And de-schooling is definitely, I think, one of the most important things when you're bringing your children home. If you're choosing to homeschool, this would be different than remote learning. One thing I think I want to say about that also with the remote learning is a homeschooler has thought a lot about curriculum. They've thought a lot about how they want to set up their day. They've done a lot of research in, in the style of homeschooling they want to have in their home. And they've talked to their children about it. They've prepared them. This wasn't a decision that was made for them. Where people who were asked last year to do remote schooling, that was forced upon them. There was no choice. They had no choice of curriculum. They couldn't take their kids out on field trips. It was quite different. So when it comes to those two things, again, I think you have to keep them separate because they look so different from each other. In terms of remote learning, I think remote learning is really tough. And I think the expectation that school can be replicated at home is really the wrong approach. I think, again, homeschooling looks nothing like remote learning. Homeschoolers do not have their children sitting at a desk, looking at a computer for eight hours a day. And I know there was all there were many different styles that were presented to schools. I know, you know, the schedules were all quite different, but and also they had very little time to plan for this. So I think what was asked of everyone last year, um, I think people did the very best that they could with, with the time they were given um, and not knowing how long it was going to be for. But I think the setup was quite difficult for families and not realistic for families that 
have children of multiple ages or are trying to work with kids in different grades or have newborns or taking care of, you know, a family member. So I feel like teachers, administrators, parents, they really need to work together as a team. I think if teachers could explain to the kids and give permission that, you know, as a teacher, we're going to give you a guideline for, for how a subject is, is learned, what, how we expect you to learn this topic. But if they would just give parents that permission and say, but your parents are also experts and they might, they might have a different way or might have a different style to learn about this topic. I think as soon as teachers give parents and let the students know, that their parents also are experts, that takes away that frustration of the student, the kids always saying, but that's not how my teacher told me to do it. And that big frustration that, that kids and parents have uh, when it comes to homework and learning. We're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Sarah. Podcast is brought to you by Reading Horizons, a structured literacy program for beginning readers, struggling readers, and English language learners of all ages. Combining professional development with teacher-led instruction and data-driven software allows students to receive targeted reading instruction that leads to improved reading outcomes. Lee, a secondary interventionist from Alabama, was so excited about one of her students. I have a sixth grade student who came to me this year reading at a pre-kindergarten level. We have worked with him in the program and used the online component, and at this point he is now at a 1.9 grade level. In just a few weeks, he has made tremendous growth. I cannot wait to see where he is at the end of the year. For more information, visit readinghorizons.com. We're back now for more of our discussion on remote learning and homeschooling. Just as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe one of the difficult things for parents is, you know, information is at least last year it did. And then this year, hopefully that will change to some extent. But part of it was parents didn't really know where they were going. They were given do it this week, do this today, do this tomorrow, instead of like, this is what we're going to be covering in this nine weeks in math. This is what we're going to be covering in this nine weeks in social studies. And here's a whole lot of different ways you can do that. And the teacher serves more as the guide and a coach along with the parent to help students, you know, demonstrate knowledge in could be lots of different ways. Is that, would that be more helpful? I think so. I think one of the big frustrations in school is that kids are always saying, well, I don't understand why we're learning this. I don't understand why this is relevant. And I think parents you know, just thinking back to my own education, I can see that that's what I thought. And so parents are watching their children be assigned lessons or work, you know, worksheets or whatever and saying, I don't really get the point of this. And I know that teachers already have a lot of work. And so what I'm asking and suggesting may even be more work for them. So I'm not saying that they're not doing an amazing job. They absolutely are. I think my mindset on education changed a lot when I started homeschooling because I realized that the day doesn't have to be so structured and the way that I was taught didn't necessarily mean it was the right way. And I think having the parents take 
more of an active role in teaching and being excited about what their kids are learning about. One of my favorite, favorite parts of homeschool is that I, you know, my kids and I can be sitting around the dinner table and I can say, oh, remember when we went here? That's what we talked about in history. We actually got to feel an earthquake when we were in Chile. And remember, we're reading this book and they had an earthquake and we now know what that feels like. And two years later, I can bring that up if it comes up in another um, you know, situation that we're talking about. I have this fluid line where I can keep pulling from experiences that we had because I take a very active role in, in being a part of their education. And I think the way the school systems are set up is very separated from parents and teachers. And I think if they work together more as a team, which is a lot of work, I totally understand, but I think giving the parents more of a say and would make them more excited and willing to help their children and giving them not just one choice. I think giving kids and parents many choices for the way they're learning will get, you know, make people more excited about it. It sounds like you're kind of saying this could be really an opportunity for educators to rethink what are the true goals of what we're trying to accomplish here. And also an opportunity for parents to realize there's a lot that students can learn that really can be even more applied at home. For example, fractions always comes up in like cooking or measuring things or whatever. And then students actually apply it and they don't really even realize they're learning because it's not done in something that's more formal. It's done more informally. So can you see some benefits in parents that you've talked to, you know, that they've started to look at this thing differently? And in the space, I mean, even if this happens for the next year, one year in the span of 12 years of school or whatever, that's not your goal anyway. Your goal is to create lifelong learners, right? Exactly. That is one of my biggest hopes of the whole situation that is happening. I think we went from seeing, you know, children being moved home and parents saying, wow, I didn't realize how much teachers are doing with my kids every day. It's a lot of work. And and I think it was nice for parents, even though I'm sure I know many were frustrated, but I think it was good for parents to see what's happening actually at their, their kids' schools. Because often children don't wanna tell parents what happened during the day. And so again, it's very separate. So that's one of my biggest hopes is that the whole education system could have, you know, I mean, it would be an overhaul, but I think changing the way that, that children are learning that we're not just teaching to a test. The goal is to have children at the end come out and want to continue to learn and continue to educate themselves, whether that means going on to university or creating their own businesses or whatever their passion might be. One thing that we really talk about with our children is that they don't have to go on to university if that is not their choice or if that's not what they feel they wanna do but I want them to have a plan. I want them to have a passion and a goal. And so I'm assuming that means they'll have to do some additional education in some way, but it doesn't have to be this very traditional sitting at a desk, listening to a lecture type of learning. And so I really do hope that. I hope that parents would take more of an active role in what their kids are learning. And teachers 
would also support them. I think that having parents take an active role in the teaching process with educators guiding them is a really good idea and working together as a partnership. You know, you, you have a background in education. Is that something that is necessary as parents are going into either deciding to homeschool their kids or moving to remote learning because of COVID or? I think that a lot of people are concerned about that and they feel like they're not qualified to teach their children if they don't have a background in education. But I think if you talk to any homeschoolers, veteran homeschoolers that have been doing this for a while, the goal and the, the main passion that all of these parents have is that they want the very, very best for their children and they're excited to learn with them. So I think if you just go into homeschooling with a really open mind of being excited, not looking at it as a dreadful thing or something that you just have to get through, I think if you look at it as an experience where you can learn in every situation with your kids, I think that that should be the main thing, not worried so much about if you have that background, because even though that is my background, I can tell you, I have learned so much more than I ever thought I would learn, learning along with my kids. And that wasn't taught to me. That was just from reading books together or, you know, watching documentaries together, the things that I missed when I was in school. So you definitely don't need to have a background in education in order to be an excellent homeschooler. I know homeschoolers for years have been doing co-ops and, you know, coordinating activities between parents. Is that something that people have asked you about? Yeah, that's one of the really great things. I think one concern a lot of parents have is that, you know, they their strength may not be math or their strength may not be science or whatever the topic may be. And I would say to the parent, first of all, teach what you're passionate about because your kids are going to feel the, the excitement you have for the subject that you are confident in teaching. But if you can't teach certain subjects or you're not confident in them, there are so many different ways that you can find that information. So whether it is a co-op, which is, those are amazing. Co-ops are run in many different ways. Some co-ops are completely run by parents and parents then teach classes that they are experts in. So for example, the co-op that my children are a part of, they've taken job exploration classes. They've taken art classes cooking classes. One of the classes was learning how to tie knots, which was really cool. Um, that's a skill that I didn't know how to teach them. So co-ops are running away where they're teaching classes from the expert, but also some of the co-ops bring in experts. Maybe we'll bring in a local historian or an artist from the area and have them teach classes or a scientist or whoever may be in the community and have them teach. And then the parents will pay for that teacher to come in and teach those classes. And, and if you don't have, I know um, there are many locations that don't have co-ops. If you don't have a co-op, there are plenty of online classes that have experts teaching. So for example, there's a, a website called OutSchool. They have experts in their area. So whether that will be coding or cooking or a language class, you can either take them live or you can take recorded classes. And so 
there are many ways that you can fill in those gaps if you are uncertain of a topic to teach your children. That's right where I am right now with my high schooler because there are some topics he's in that I just don't feel comfortable or confident that I can give him the very best. So just because I'm not confident in that, that doesn't mean I would enroll him in school. I'll just find someone who is an expert in that area and have him learn from them. Depending if they're older, you can even do dual enrollment through university courses so your kids can get courses that way and also get your, your high school credits. So there's many different ways to fill in those gaps. And I think remembering that you don't have to learn from eight to four. So if parents are working during the day and their kids are older, I would say it's a bit difficult when they're younger because they do require more hands-on. But as they're older, I have friends who actually work during the day and they set up all the, the classes that their kids have, give their kids the requirement, have them give them a checklist and they do their work on their own, their, their children, and then they check it once they get home from work. So for younger children, it is a bit more difficult because they are hands-on. And I do, I do know people who have hired teachers for their elementary students. Um, to teach them in small groups. So there's many different ways to homeschool. Let's talk about reading because I know that's a big one at no, no matter what the grade level is. Could you talk a little bit about how you've approached reading? So reading is one of the best outcomes to homeschooling that, that something that kind of ignited a passion in, in me again. When my kids were young, I think they were, I think my oldest was maybe seven. I found a website, actually it was a woman who blogged, it was called Chasing Supermom. And she posted a list of a hundred books you should read with your children by the time they're 10. And they were all chapter books or novels. And so I started reading books from this list. We, we started at number one and we just went straight down the list to 100. And I think it took us maybe three and a half years to complete all of the books. And it, it just became this goal of reading aloud to my kids every single day and spending time with them. And one thing I loved about it was that there were topics that came up in books that were pretty difficult topics that I would have been unsure of how to approach had I not been reading the book. And because it happened in a book, we could discuss it from that perspective instead of me just, you know, bringing up this random topic at a, at a time where they were uncomfortable with me asking them about it. And so it, it opened a lot of discussion for my kids and myself. And so I still read aloud to them today at 15, 13, and 10. And it's, I think, one of the most beneficial times in our day because that's where the real discussion starts and being open with each other and hearing their perspectives and hearing their questions that they have. And, and it took a long time when we first started, I wasn't reading you know, a whole chapter at a time because they were so small. We were reading maybe 10 minutes to, aloud, I was reading. And now we spend um, about three hours a day where I'm reading aloud to them. Um, many different books. We have usually about five books going a day on all different topics from history to current events to, to fiction. And it really has opened up a lot of really wonderful discussions with my kids. So one last question. If I were talking to your kids, 
what generally do you think they would say about homeschooling, given the fact that, you know, most of them have never really, I mean, they, none of them really have ever been to traditional schools, but you know, like what do, what would they say probably about how they're learning and what they're learning? Well, the first thing I think they would say that they love so much is that they don't have to get up early. <laughs> we're not, we're not a, an early family. So we, uh, we, we typically start our day at about 10 o'clock and finish in the afternoon. Uh, so I think that that's probably the thing that they would say that they love the most, which is not always the thing I want them to say they love the most about homeschooling. But one thing that I, I, I think is beneficial for my kids is that two of them are dyslexic and they have never had that pressure or stigma of, of dyslexia. And I do believe that they would have self-esteem issues potentially had they gone to school, um, even though both of them are incredibly smart, they do stumble sometimes. And I think that that would have hurt them emotionally. And so I love that they have never had to have that additional layer placed on them. We also don't have the pressure of testing the way that kids in traditional school have. And so we're not learning for a test. We're learning because we're enjoying it. It's not to check off something off a list. And so I feel like when my kids, the way I assess them is by discussion. And if they can talk to me about a topic, well, then I don't need to test them because I know that they already know the information. And I think they like the flexibility of their day. As they've gotten older, they, they definitely can set the schedule and they have more freedom for, for things that they're interested in in the afternoon instead of having to do homework because that's not something we do either because they're always at home. So they don't have that additional homework that they're doing. So I think just having the freedom to pursue things that they enjoy because they have the time. My, my middle son has, um, for the last two years, he has a bakery and he's been able to bake during the day and and continue to build his business. And he's able to spend time, you know, researching recipes or watching. He loves to watch cooking shows to get ideas from, from them. And so he's able to do that because we have the time. So Sarah, can you mention, um, I know you've blogged in the past and had a Facebook page and things like that. My Facebook page is called A New Path to Follow, Homeschool Thailand Travel. And it's where I share ideas just based on what we're doing, our current life. I'll share curriculum that we use. Well, this is going to be a really, you know, interesting and challenging year for educators and parents and students. And so, you know, lots to think about and consider. But, you know, your information is so timely because I think, as you mentioned, it's been so compartmentalized. There's teachers and my kids go to school during the day and then there's home and those, the two shall never meet, you know, and now in so many ways, it is entirely combined in lots of places. So, so this has been just really helpful in helping, having people maybe think about reimagining what education could look like. Yeah. And I think for parents, you just need to remember that you're doing an amazing job. You're always going to second guess yourself, no matter what decision you make when it comes to education, 
you're always going to second guess that you're doing the right thing for your children. I think homeschoolers especially are always second guessing themselves that they're giving their kids enough. And I think for parents keeping a journal or portfolio or something that you can have to, to actually to keep track of what you're doing, because when you flip through that at the end of the year, you'll be amazed at the topics you've covered. And it doesn't have to be, again, in a formal way. You can just even write bullet points of conversations you've had that you've discussed things because they're learning that way or field trips or vacations or whatever you've taken. And so I think just kind of getting away from worrying so much that it's this very traditional way of learning and that you can learn through every experience, then you realize that you're doing enough, that you actually are teaching them in every situation that comes up. Well, thank you for joining us from Thailand. We're so excited that we were able to have this time to talk about this. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sarah, for providing information and some ideas to consider as we move into uncharted territory. And thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us for our next episode with William Van Cleve.